All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. And our special guest is Pastor Keith Stanton. Keith and I recorded the last episode with Keith. It was on universalism, and we're going to tackle universalism and predestination. And as we started talking, we realized that that would take too long to do both of those subjects in one episode. So we put some space between the two episodes, and here we are going to talk to you about predeterminism, what it means to some people and what it can mean to your heart. So Pastor Keith Stanton, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And you? Oh, we already talked about that a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Let's go over what you got, though, first. So we start, we start off, you know, we're going to do the universal predeterminism thing because those two things... I don't want to say they go hand in hand, but they certainly lend to each other in terms of you hear some pastors and denominations say, no way, no way, no how, God's going to love everybody the same. Is that, is my understanding of the general concept of that? Uh, Kind of, it it depends on... You know, maybe what you've been taught or whatever, whether by parents or friends or churches or whatever. Um, So God, I think let's start with something very foundational. There's many types of love. There's Eros love, which is like erotic love. Okay. Between a man and woman, let's say that kind of thing. There's filio love, which is family, brotherly love. And then, then you got agape love. And agape love is self-giving love, self-serving, self-giving, self-sacrificing love. And God in the scripture, you know, it tells us that it doesn't say God loves. It said God is love. And the Greek word they use for that is agape so he is self-giving, self-serving, going to give everything he has for his kids' love. He's Dr. Love. I mean, he it, he defines love. Love is defined in him. So we talk about love from, well, yeah, I love you, and I love this, and all that stuff. And Barney says, I love you, you love me, we're a big happy family. But really, that's what Papa says. I call God Papa. And he's like, I love you because I am love and my love for you is going to overwhelm you and you're going to end up loving me back. That's how it works. We don't, we love because it says in the scripture, we love because he first loved us. And so, yeah, it's all centered on love is the answer. Love wins always, always, always. That's the only thing like that Beatles song. All we need is love. (laughs) All we need is love. And seriously, that I mean, that's the that's the issue in the, um, the world today. That's the issue uh, in in everything, in in religion, and politics, and um, socialism, and world affairs. Uh, everything could be resolved. I truly believe no one will ever take that away from me. Everything can be resolved through love. So, and who is love? Papa. Papa is love. 
and love wins, so Papa's going to win. So to the point about the universalism, you know, a lot of people talk about, well, we have free will. Yeah, of course we have free will, but, you know, God has a will too, and he has a will that everybody comes to knowledge of him and has an abundant life. And I'm just not strong enough in my own humanness or my thinking to believe that my human will will ever overcome his will. So his will will be done. When, how that plays out, I don't know, but I do believe it will. And so if he's willing that no, none perish, then none perish. I can't explain how it looks, but I trust that none will perish. And that gives me peace. And um, I will say that when I came to this place in, in my understanding, um, it changed a lot of things for me because when I first got into the church, we'll say it that way, because I was always, always believed in God since I was a little, little tiny, but I didn't grow up in church, quote unquote, right? But um, I don't know, just about 10 years ago, that big event in my life, it changed everything and threw my life into turmoil, um, brought me into relationship with Papa. And, and I started off like in church and stuff. And I'm not speaking against church, though please don't misunderstand. Yeah, I understand. But, <clears throat> but truth be told, even Jesus had some harsh words to say for the religious elite. That's the thing. They got the bulk of his rebukes. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they certainly weren't directed towards, you know, the guys that were hanging around the bar, you know. Uh, they, were, they were at the religious, self-righteous, you know, who wanted to oppress other people. And that's just not the heart of God. That's not the heart of Jesus. And so, so, the, so again, I can't explain it. I don't get dogmatic about it. I just believe that, that, you know, there's too many scriptures that say it's all going to be okay. And there's other scriptures that are challenging, but some of that's, you know, hyperbole, some of it's parable, you know, some of it is just mystery, you know, so when we read it, and, and we also have to understand when we read certain things in the scripture that it's not written to us, it's written to the people at the time. But that doesn't mean it's not for us, we can learn and glean a lot out of history right and people's growth and understanding of god and and the journey of humanity and and that's kind of what i see when i read the scripture and over and over i've seen the heart of god revealed and his love in so many different ways and that's what has healed me from so much stuff and saved me from myself self-destruction that doesn't mean i get it right every day Oh, I understand. But um, it gets better. Well, there's a difference between not getting it right every day and self-destruction. Those are two, when I think of those two things, those are different paths. Like self-destruction is a path down. Mm -hmm. Self-sabotaging. And that includes everything in your relationships too. 
because it all affects everything. You're, nobody lives in this world alone. You may feel alone. You may be living alone, but you're not. You have relationships with people. And that's where those two paths are different. Somebody who's like, yeah, self-destruction path, that's pretty plain to see most of the time in here. Somebody who's not on a self-destruction path, but understands that they're not perfect, different story. You know what I mean? That's when I hear that, I hear mm -hmm. two different, two different paths. That, that you know makes what I mean? sense. That makes sense. Um, I'll take it a step further. This yeah. might freak some people out. You know, it might freak you out. Yeah. What yeah. we got? What do you got? So, um, I believe that the issue is. that we don't know who we really are. I agree with that too. And, you know, God says we're perfect. He says we're holy. He says we're blameless in his sight. But see, we don't believe that. We, when we, so if we sit there, you know, our words have a lot of power. The things we think, the things we say have a lot of power. Yeah. So if we, if we tell ourselves we're no good, I'm never going to get out of this. I'm never going to get better. Then chances are it's never going to change. But if we start to believe what Papa says about us, we start to believe. And he says, I'm pleased as punch with you. I think you're beautiful. You're my image and likeness. Perfect. Perfecto. That's how he sees us. We don't see ourselves the way our daddy in heaven sees us. And that's the problem. It's an identity crisis. We don't know who we are really because the world, religion, and everybody else tells us we're not. But he says we are. So the question is, who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to him or am I going to listen to the news and and the the religious systems of the world and the, and the political systems of the world and the media systems of the world? Am I going to listen to all that? Or am I going to listen to that still small voice inside of me that when I'm struggling and I just zip it up and just chill, he speaks these words of love to me and he speaks these words of peace to me. And, and I mean, I can have a really crappy day. I can do something really stupid. Or I can just be thinking stupid things or struggling with something. And I, I can't begin to tell you how many times that in those very moments when I just throw up my hands and say, I can't do this. And I just... I might throw a hammer on the ground, slam it on the ground if I'm working on something. And I just say, I can't, you're going to have to show me how to do it. And I walk away and I'm telling you, all of a sudden these thoughts pop in my head. Like, well, do you ever think of trying to do this? And I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> and I go back and it's fixed. What I spent 45 minutes on trying to fix and frustration and getting angry. And so, you know, or with relationships or anything else, it's, it's that same way with everything. But the foundational thing, so we talk about universalism and then we, we're going to talk about like predeterminism, predetermination, whatever, how you're going to say it. Well, 
we were, or destiny, our destiny is to have dominion over the earth. Our destiny is love. Our destiny is relationship. Our destiny is peace with one another, helping one another, loving one another, supporting one another, caring for one another. If someone's in need, you help them out. If you're in need, they help you out. That's our destiny. That's what we were created for. We were created for relationship. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They they call it perichoresis. And so it's God is three persons in one. That's what we believe in the Trinitarian Christian faith. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All divine, all one God, but in three persons participating. I think we talked about this a little bit last time. So they, they one can't be without the other. And they're in this relationship. And we are invited to participate in that relationship now we can say no and then we're just going to be miserable but we're not going to be damned for it we're just going to be miserable and we're not going to see health in our life we're not going to see love we're not going to see fruitfulness we're not going to see dominion over these things that come at us we're not going to be able to overcome stuff but if we participate and what he has laid out for us from the foundation of the world and that's to just love one another and be in relationship with him be in relationship with each other and stay focused on love everything else takes care of itself and you know i've had struggles with some folks in religion that you know we didn't believe quite the same on certain issues and mm -hmm. stuff like that and i've had a couple relationships get broken because of it and which was hard for me very hard um, but at the end of the day, I believe deep down that there will be a day that will reconcile. It may be after death. I don't know. But the reconciliation is going to come. I believe that. I know that because he does it all. Papa does it all. All things exist in him. All things consist in him. All things were created in and through him for his glory. When, they, when people say, show me your glory, God, look at yourself in the mirror. Look at your friend. We, as humanity, are the glory of God. I agree. He's pleased his punch with us. But we don't know who we are. That's the problem. We don't realize. And that's why I believe, and I'm starting to study this a little more, I believe that's what Jesus came to reveal to us. One, the love of God, God's true nature, pure love. But he also came to reveal who we are. Because he always said, the son of man this, the son of man that, the son of man this, the son of man that, the son of man does this, the son of man does that. He was like, if you wake up and realize who you are, it's not saying we're God, but we have this power within him, within all of us that empowers us. We have this 
divinity dwelling in, <clears throat> inside of us. His image is on our face. We are his, <clears throat> perfect his image. image it's, 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 there's, if the creator made the creation, there's an automatic relationship. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it says, make them in our image. Right. On your face. And our image. Which Plural. supports, right. So it's all about relationship. Um, and it paracresis means this circle dance. It's a circle dance of, of love. And I think I talked about before how farmers participate in that when they grow corn and till it and fields and all that. We people that cook it, they participate in it. It's everything we do, we're participating in the kingdom. The kingdom is here. Kingdom of God is here and it's within us. And abundant life is here. So Last time I read from Ephesians 1 yep. about how we were predestined for all these things, right? So I want to read a scripture to just kind of kick off a little more of the discussion about the predestination, predeterminism, whatever, however you want to read it. And this is from a, a different Bible. This is put together. Scott's life work has been doing this, and he's a Greek scholar. What's his name? His name is Francois Dutoy. From South Africa, right? I think you're talking about this South guy. Africa. And so um, this is called the Mirror Bible. And it's a paraphrase. But he goes into, he breaks down the Greek words and, you know, the etymology of the words and all this. And it's really pretty fascinating what he does. But I just want to read a couple of verses yeah. in Romans 8. So... Starting in Romans 8, 28, he, he says it like this. Meanwhile, we know that the love of God causes everything to mutually contribute to our advantage. His master plan is announced in our original identity. He pre-designed, or you could say predestined, and engineered us from the start to be jointly fashioned in the same mold and image of his son, according to the exact blueprint of his thought. We see the original and intended pattern of our lives preserved in his son. He is the firstborn from the same womb that reveals our genesis. He confirms that we are the invention of God. Jesus reveals that we pre-existed in God. He defines us. He justified us and also glorified us. He redeemed our innocence and restored the glory we lost in Adam. All these things point to one conclusion. God is for us who can be against us? Amen. We are destined for greatness. And the greatest thing, what is the greatest commandment? They asked Jesus. And he's like, to love others as I've loved you. All about love. Mr. Love, Dr. Love himself <laughs> says, love. And, you know, it seems kind of trivial, you know, it seems like, ah, really, come on, seriously, what, what are you talking about, this love stuff, right, people, I mean, I know, we live in a broken world, I get it, 
there's a lot of i think a lot of people are turning to it actually i do i do i, I do. think a lot of people are are what you're what you're what you're uh explaining right now about people just say it's cliche i think people are starting to get tired of that cliche mm -hmm. i can see more and more people that are tired of the memes tired of the coarse jokes and when you go out you can see people when you see people do it, and i see my kids doing the memes I can tell they get a chuckle out of it. And then you start to see there's a little bit of a difference in the way it's re-delivered. Because something about a meme and a joke, it's funny, it has a slice of truth to it too. Mm -hmm. It's when that slice of truth gets weaponized and is now being used to hurt someone's feelings under the guise of a joke. Yeah, People are getting sick of that. They are. Problem is, like you said, we forget who we are. So we keep feeding on it. We keep putting it in front of our eyes. We keep putting it into our ears, which sinks into our brain and drops into our heart and affects our imagination, mm -hmm. which affects everything we think about. Yep. And that affects what we say and what we do. Mm -hmm. What we believe impacts all that stuff. That's the starting point. That's what starting. do you believe? That's it. What do you believe? What do you believe? Um, yeah. So this whole love thing. So let me give you like just some kind of practical how this works. Yeah, go ahead. At least for me. Yeah, that's fine. That sounds good. Sounds good, Keith. Let's so, go. So you know, I'm at a place now, and let me say, I used to be the real butthead in driving. I mean, oh, I so was, you're I angry was, driver? You know what you're trying to say? I was a I was a hot-headed driver. I was Mr. Road Rage. I know you've used that. You've said that. You've you've brought this up in previous because we've done a couple of these, and you've brought it up in both. Mm -hmm. So I'm now I'm starting to get an idea that you really probably were a hot-headed driver. <laughs> I was. I was bad. All right. And um, but anyway, I I'm kind of not in that place anymore. Um, but so I was I was. I was in a in a meeting out of town a couple weeks ago. And there's probably and it's like a convention kind of thing. Yeah. And there's probably fifteen hundred people at this. Okay. Big one. Big one. And so I was part of a team that was kind of like quote unquote cruise director, chaperone, whatever. So we each had like fifty people that we were responsible for making sure they got checked in, make sure they were in the conference room, they knew where to go for lunch, you know, where to go to catch the bus to go to the airport when they left, all that kind of stuff. So we all had those duties. And, um, but this was a big event. This is a big to do. Yeah. So it's people put time and money into a lot, it. A lot of time, money and investment into yes, it. Yes. You want it to go well. Yeah. You don't want it to, you yeah. want it to shine. So, just a couple observations. Um, so there were folks who took their role as cruise director. I'll just use the term cruise director. Okay, that's good. Okay. Um, or ambassador, whatever you want to call it. In my opinion, just a little bit too far. <laughs> okay. And so then, you know, there's people like, well, we need to police people on their phone and we need to police oh, people going. It was really, it started to get out of control. And I'm like, well, 
if that's what y'all want to do, that's fine. I don't agree with it, and I'm not going to do that. That's not the way I like to treat people, and that's not what I'm going to do. So, you know, I kind of did my own thing. So we had the last group come in, and there's probably 30 groups of 40 to 50 people in a group. I'm group number 10. And so we had to move from this big area where we all congregated to move into this big conference room, which was two floors up in this big conference hotel. And we and we had to actually go down an escalator and then go over and then come back up. It was kind of weird how it set up. So anyway, I'm just saying I'm a little weird. People kind of listen to this, probably gonna think I'm kind of crazy. And don't worry about that. But it's let's, okay. let's go, let's go. But so so I got all these people I've never met in my life. And I just loved on them. For example, this one lady walked up and she had this glow in her face. She had this infectious smile. And I made a big deal about it. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to hang out with you. Your smile is amazing, you know? And I just kept like talking about how the joy was pouring out of her and this woman lit up like a christmas tree well next thing you know i got them all like doing this chant like what are we here for to have fun right so we go to move to this whole other end of the hotel and we're coming down the escalator and i got 50 people behind me and all the groups are moving in tandem right we're all yeah. and everybody's kind of like solemn like sheep being herded and i turned around on the escalator and i'm like what are we here for and they all in stereo to have fun. <laughs> and everybody looked and then some of these other people later commented they're like what happened there that's just one example so then this hotel, you know, people don't pay attention to what goes on behind the scenes. Right. So I'm observing these folks like, so you got 1,500 people in a conference room, and I'm out in this huge corridor, and all of a sudden, these doors open out of nowhere, all these people come in, and they got carts. They got big giant coffee pots on them, coffee cups, snacks, and they just wheel it out. While all these people are in this room, and they set up this break area for when they go on break. They're hustling. I mean, it was so coordinated, and it just blew me away. I mean, I'm watching them, and then I'm like, so I went up to each one of them and thanked them. I said, y'all are amazing. How do you do this? You know, I just made a big deal about it. I'm like, this is so cool. Y'all are so awesome. And I'm telling you, man, they just, they just like, oh, man, thank you so much. And it's just little stuff like that. That, that's my, that's my goal every day. If I can make a couple people feel better about themselves by just loving on them a little bit. That, that just lights me up. It sets the tone for the rest of my day. And um, 
So don't that, worry about being embarrassed, man. So, Come on, so, just let it out. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so my room, yeah. I go up at lunchtime in my room. And I needed to take care of, you know, get something. And I go in there and smell kind of smoky, stale, musty, smoky. Yeah. And so I walk out and the lady's cleaning the room across the hall. And I'm like, and I had this, this bag that gave us like these goodie bags and there's like all kind of candy and gum and mints and all this stuff in this bag and, and uh so i take it and i walk out in the hallway i see her and i grab that bag and i and i give it to her and i say here here's some treats for you and, and she's like oh thank you and i said could you do me a favor i don't need you to clean my room i said could you just do you have some air freshener or something you could just maybe spray in there just kind of get that smoky smell out she's oh yeah i'll take care of it so I leave. I come back that evening, and you know, have you ever been on a cruise? It's been a while. Or, or it's been a long time. Have you ever seen how how some some of these folks they'll do like origami with towels? Yeah, yeah, and little animals yep, and stuff, yeah. right? Okay, so we so a lot of us have seen that. So I come back that evening, and I go to the bathroom. I go in the bathroom, and the toilet paper she had made on the roll of toilet paper, on the holder, like an envelope. And then she had this, looked like a, a fan seashell kind of thing. And it was tucked in the pocket, pocket of the toilet paper. Now, I don't know how long it took for her to make that, but it was spectacular. It just blew my mind. I was like, I have never seen that before. And I didn't see her again because I wanted to thank her. I wanted to hug her. It just, it just blew my socks off. So, what am I saying? When when we throw out a little seed of love and affection and kindness to other people, it comes back, comes right back around. People are so oppressed that they don't get recognized. That you know, we, we you go into a store, Walmart, wherever it might be, you go up to the cash register. I look at the person's name tag and I call them by their name. I mean, they're up there. They're just scanning stuff right across the belt. They're like, yeah, and they take the money. And then you go up there and you say, hey, Kathy, how's it going today? And I mean, everything changes. Their whole day changes by that one simple thing. And how hard is that to do? It's it's like, and that that's, I intentionally look for those opportunities. Well, they actually just jump right in front of they me. They do. They're, they're all over and, the place. You know, sometimes we, feel, I, I get what you're saying. Sometimes I feel like we got to look for them. Mm-hmm. And that's because we want them. Yeah. That's because you want them, right? And then then we kind of go, okay, maybe I'm looking a little too hard because I just need to walk. Yeah. And then and then there's grocery stores that you go to all the time. Yeah, you see people, you see the same. If you go the same, I got three boys. So I go to the same grocery stores a lot. I see the same people almost every time. Mm -hmm. Why would I not want to talk to them? Mm -hmm. I see them all the time. Why would I not want to talk to them? But there are many of us that do exactly that. And I think that a lot of the times it's because we're believing wrongly about ourselves. And if we're believing wrongly about ourselves, we're going to believe wrongly about other people. Absolutely. And that, Absolutely. that is a trap. And that, I will say, is the way of the world. And when I define the world, I mean... All the hoops, all the T's, 
all the I's and all the tittles you got to jump through, cross, dot, and get just right in order to be accepted. That's the performance of the world. Mm -hmm. Think about it. The world says you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to get A, B, and C. Jesus, when asked, what do we have to do? Said, the doing is believing. It's a different form of trust between trusting the world and trusting your maker who put his image on your face. Mm -hmm. And in your belly. And in your bones. The spirit's in your belly. And the bones is where your fire bones is. Bones of bones, bones of his bones and flesh in his flesh. So, yeah, it's, so I don't share those stories like, oh, Keith's like this nice guy. It's not that at all. Um, no, we're, we'll split this. Go ahead. Keep uh, going, Keith. Keep going. So, uh, but it's just like, there's a lot of hurting people in the world. There sure are. For a lot of different reasons. And I don't have, I don't pretend, I don't want to pretend or say that I have all the answers. Well, I have the answer and it's love. Yeah. It's kindness. That's that, the answer. That's it. That, I mean, there, there's nothing greater than that. And, you know, I've been in situations where, you know, people are kind of, in, you know, a little ugly and nasty and you just... You just be nice to them, and all of a sudden, it changes. It can be that simple if you give it a chance and some time and some patience. It Here's can be that simple. So names are important. I talked about the names, right? Names are important to people. They have a name. They want to be called by their name. They don't want to say, hey, you, hey, mister, hey, lady. They want to be called by their name. That means something to them, right? It's a there's a there's a huge bond with a name. It's a familial thing. It's a love thing. It, you know, so there's various, a lot of significance in a name. So I do a lot of Uber trips, you know, and so sometimes you get folks that you know they're from, they're from different countries and they, they got these odd names. So I'm not a like multilingual guy, but I know enough about pronunciation of vowels in Latin and Spanish and stuff like that, where you can pretty much figure out in English, we pronounce vowels different way, whatever suits the day, but in the other languages, it's always pronounced the same. You know what? That matters. It does matter. I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't lose your thought. Mm -hmm. My name is Miguel Emiliano Torres. I grew up in East Lansing, Michigan predominantly white my mother's white my parents changed my name from miguel to michael not legally but when they introduced me because people wouldn't take the time to do what you were just saying mm -hmm. even though they could mm -hmm. even though as a child they didn't take the time yep. that's the kind of stuff we're talking about that's exactly it's simple stuff it's simple stuff I had, I had this one Uber out of us up in D.C. a couple months ago, three months ago. And so when you do it on the Uber app, the name of your driver shows up. So I look at the name, I'm like, well, that's a challenging one. So I'm like practicing it, trying to figure out how to pronounce it. And then I just keep practicing. I keep saying it. 
out loud, waiting for him to come. I keep practicing. I keep practicing. I keep practicing. Do you know you're practicing right or wrong? Are you just practicing it? I'm just practicing. I'm, I'm get... applying basic enunciation there we go. of the vowels. You're trying. Right, there's there's trying. no there's no phonetic pronunciation no. that Uber provides for you to pronounce that person's name. No. No. So the guy the guy pulled up, and it was a complex name. Many syllables and a lot of vowels. And it comes up. And you know, part of the deal with Uber is they're gonna call you by name to verify it's you. And then you call them by name, plus you're looking at their license plate to verify it's them. Well, he pulls up, he gets out of the car, and I just called out his name, and he stopped dead in the tracks. And he's like, not even my family pronounces my name that well. It, 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 I mean, he was blown away. And it was just something small like that. But I mean, my gosh, the ride to the airport, he was like, pop, 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 just talking up a storm. We had the best conversation. I have, I have some of my favorite, best, most profound conversations are with taxi drivers and Uber, Uber drivers. If you just start a conversation, these folks want to talk. And let me tell you that some of my faves are folks who have immigrated to this country. And when I listen to their heart, they talk about how wonderful it is to be in America and, and the systems that we have and the opportunities when you hear from people that come from oppressed countries and we take everything for granted and we talk a bunch of crap about everything and we put everybody down and these it's people it's ugly it's ugly is what it's it is. ugly and these folks come in and they are so appreciative and they're like it rocks my world man i'm telling you it rocks my world i I'm very thankful that I had the opportunity to do that because it really has made a difference in my life. People that I don't know that I have a 15 minute conversation in their car, trusting they're going to get me where I'm needing to go, not worrying about a dog. I never worry about anything. I just don't worry. And they get me to the airport and they take such good care of me and they're just so polite and it's those those little things the things at the hotel every just everywhere you let somebody out in traffic my gosh how is it gonna kill your day now i used to not be that <laughs> that's what's funny is that you right. went right back to the driving <laughs> oh what i was missing Right, and there's other things. Right? I know, I know, but I'm, you know, for the sake of what we, of, of the context of where we're at right now. But the point is, I guess the point is this: you change, we change. Well, but the change didn't come from effort. That's where I want to go with this. Yeah, it wasn't something I you didn't go buy a book did. that no, said how do I change Keystone. Not that those are bad, and not that those though can no. cannot be beneficial. They're good. It's a different type of change. It, it's it's an it's an internal change. It's just it's a inside out. Yeah, it's an inside job. It's not outside in. It's an inside an inside job. out change, and that is the difference between the world and your maker. Mm -hmm. Your maker made you from the inside. 
the world looks at you from the outside and tells you what it looks like because it wants to advertise to you. Mm-hmm. It wants to make you feel bad. It wants to make you feel inadequate. So you buy products to cover up the false inadequacies in your being. That they say you have. Advertise to you. Yeah. And so you know what? You may have that stuff. You may have it. You may have acne. But you won't have it forever. If you stress out about it, you'll probably get more of it. Well, you know, that opens up a whole nother It certainly does. Door it does. Because I, I did mention before that our words have meaning. They do. So I've also done some study under uh, another gentleman who who uh, was in ministry for many years. And then he studied quantum physics, quantum science. And he makes the connection between quantum physics and the kingdom of God. And it's a very real connection, the spiritual connection. So, but anyway, suffice it to say that there, there was these experiments that these quantum physicists did involving words that people speak. And well, and then or observation, what we expect. All right. So when so let me preface this by saying, you know, that in in the scripture, Jesus taught, you know, ask as if you've already received it and it'll be done to you, you know, so there's a lot of power in that, right? In believing. Right. It's that trust thing. In trusting and believing. If you don't trust what you're believing, how can you believe it? Right. So, so they, they took they call it, and you can see this on YouTube, it's called the double slit experiment. So like a two, two pole light switch, you got two switches, the, the switch plate has two vertical slits on it. So this quantum physicist, physicist took, I don't remember his name, but he took something that resembles that kind of a switch plate and he set it up on a mount and he set up a a photon gun on one side and a, and a whiteboard on the other side. Okay. And they so they call it the double slit experiment. And they they wanted to observe what would happen to the photons as they went through these slits. Which slit would they go through? How would they go through? And what would happen on the other end? Well, they what they expected to see, maybe not vocalizing it, but that what they anticipated seeing in their mind was that those photons would go through one or the other, hit that whiteboard, and there'd be two vertical lines on the whiteboard. And that's exactly what they saw. So then they said, well, what if we don't observe it? So they leave the room. They remotely turn on the photon gun with a new whiteboard. And then they run it for a little bit. They go back in. And instead of two slits, it's a wave pattern. No kidding. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Then they said, well, what if we put a camera on it? So they put a camera on it and they leave the room and they turn the camera on. They run it, go back in, slits. They turn the camera off, run it, wave pattern. The whole point, and there's others where like, you know, you care about people talking to plants. You talk to them. Positively, they thrive. You talk them negatively, and they wilt. Right. So I think that's with people, and it's that way with people. So, so as far as like our our bodies, I mean, think think about 
the human body or plants. I mean, there's energy in this table, you know, molecular energy. And it's all made of atoms. Yes. And if you split an atom, you have a nuclear bomb. Yes. Everything is made of atoms. Yeah. If you had a eyeball that was magnified enough, you could see between all the atoms. Yep. You could see between all the atoms. It's amazing. It's fine. And even though this thing is, we would call it inanimate, you split one of those atoms and you have a nuclear bomb. Yep. So really, is it inanimate? And, and where did it all manifest from? How did it come to be? Was it an accident? Was Is it just, is, is it like, you know, I heard one person say like this, it's like a tornado going through a warehouse and you get a 747 out of it. Would you trust it enough to put your life into it and fly 30,000 feet above the air? Probably not. Plus the fact that the chances of that happening, a tornado making a 747, super Super, super, super far away. But here we are on a planet that if it's a little bit this way, like a fraction, like a 0 0.1, 0 0.2, there's no life. It sounds pretty precise. It is extremely precise. Extremely precise. And so in those, our thoughts in our words power and energy there yeah it's 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 an energy it's spirit it's holy spirit it's energy it's that movie the matrix it's like the matrix you want the red pill or the blue pill which one do you want to take you know and it's so we have that that's why that movie had such a profound impact but it took people back to where both pills led to the same in that movie both pills led to the same thing that's the problem with that movie. That's the problem with that movie. Both pills lead to the same thing. Yeah. It leads you to believe that it's unveiling some truth. And obviously they made a fourth one after the pandemic and it failed because they went to the well too long. Because you can only tell those kinds of stories before people go, yeah, both those pills lead to the same thing. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> I didn't mean to interrupt, Keith, no, that's but that's, okay. a, that's a poignant one because... It is. That was in the 90s. And we're in the 2020s. Mm -hmm. And in the 90s, we were reliving the 60s with a 90s flavor to it. Yeah. Every 30 years, that decade has a special relationship in the future and in the past. We're still hearing about Jimi Hendrix and Paul McCartney. And and you know what? When I look at uh when I look at concert tours, there are tribute bands getting pretty good venues. Oh yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I know somebody in a Leonard Skinner tribute band. I'm like, wow. And they they've toured like 25 states. So, how I got there right now, I've lost my point. <laughs> no, but my point is this, though. Here's the thing: is that we live in a world that is far more far more dynamic than the cell phone in our hands. Far more dynamic than the reach of an email. Far more dynamic and faster than the quick text message you get. And any of the notifications that pop up and distract you from what you're thinking and doing. We're far more than that. This life is far more supernatural and amazing than it is advertised to be. Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of where I was going is that 
in that in that energy in those thoughts you know so the typical way let's let's take it to like kind of like religion yeah all right so and i can do that because i'm a pastor sorry yeah I can that, talk we're it. doing it baby <laughs> but i'm a different kind of pastor anyway that's what's going so, so what we typically do when we quote unquote pray is we pray from a sense of lack instead of a sense of abundance. Right. We pray from a lack of it's not finished versus a lack of it is finished. Now I want to see the manifestation of that finished work. So let's take that back to the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. All right. Last thing he said before he died on the cross, it is finished. What was his mission? To save the world, to redeem humanity, to bring, to save the lost sheep. And he said, it's finished. It's done. So that goes to the universe. So when people say it's for those people listening, if people ask you, when were you saved? Oh, I was saved 2,000 years ago. Actually, we were saved before time even started because he knew us before he was to see our mother's womb. But that's a whole other mysterious, mystical thing about the whole deal. I think what, you're, I think what I want to say is God is not playing catch up. No. No, well, and Jesus was not Plan B. Exactly. That's Jesus not, that, was Plan I get a. what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. He's Plan A. This, when you say it was all there from the beginning, yeah, mm -hmm. it wasn't. Oh, these humans did something that I wasn't counting on. And they threw, they threw me a loop. Now I got to do something desperate to get them back. That's the way it's sold. That's the way it's sold, and it makes it makes people feel like they have lack. Right. So, so lack. As an individual mm -hmm. on the inside. Right. And so when we operate from that perspective of lack, if we are hurting, maybe we have an ailment, whatever. So we have a choice. We can pray like, oh, please take this away or we can say thank you for taking it away thank you it's already gone right and you know so there's a thing i heard somebody say what you resist persist so if you're like i don't want this i don't want this i don't want this that's what you're going to get if you say i got this i got this i got this that's what you're going to get you know, so it's where you put your energy. It's where you put your thoughts. What what are you focused on? So to kind of like bring this full circle on the identity thing and who we are, who we were, what we were created for. We were created for an abundant life, dominion over the earth, a, a, a relationship of love and peace in this world. And we're not there yet. We have been deceived by the enemy, which by the way, doesn't have a red suit with a little pointed tail and a pitchfork. 
nor is the enemy a serpent crawling around on the ground. The enemy is the oppressive systems of this world to include religion and everything else and our misguided thinking. The Apostle Paul said... From a place of lack. Right, from a place of lack. And the Apostle Paul said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What was he saying there? We have, whether we believe it or not, whether we know it or not, whether we think it's real or not, whether we think it's a big joke, we have been given the mind of Christ. We have been given the spirit of God. The kingdom of heaven is within us. When Paul says, seek those things above, he's not talking about in outer space or beyond outer space. He's talking about the higher realms of consciousness. And when you talk about people who have reached this... this Moving from lack to abundance. Yes. In other words, stop thinking that... And here's the thing. This is where this is where it gets a hard. I, I, it gets hard because some people. I mean, my dad was a migrant worker as a child. People have hard lives, and God works through people. I'm just. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you real quick, man, because I think there's a distinct point to to draw between. And I'll, I'll use this as an example. All right. I was born and raised in East Lansing, Michigan. East Lansing just had a Michigan State just had a shooting. Guy went in and shot up a bunch of college students. Right. Mm -hmm. It's ugly. It's nasty. It happens. I'm not happy about it at all. But when it comes to those things, sometimes. People do need to take action. God does work through people. What Keith is saying is not put up with injustice and take it. He's not saying that at all. He's saying the opposite of that. From the inside out. Based on what your maker says about you. There's a big difference. I had to make that point, man. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's a perfect point. And that, that, that bring, I'll bring it up to a close with this. So, I had a miraculous healing happen to me a few years ago. And I won't go into the details of it now. But it, it was truly miraculous. And then, uh, about three years ago, I got a diagnosis that I didn't want to hear. And I went for a walk in the park across the street. And as I was walking through the park, I was really troubled about this thing. And I wasn't saying anything. And I was walking under the trees and the sun's coming through the trees, the light's coming through the trees. And I just heard one word, remember. And at that moment, it made me remember when I had the greatest miracle of my life seven years ago, almost seven years ago now. And a couple months later, I go to the doctor. Test rules, perfectly fine, no issue. So 
I remembered on that walk that I'm okay. And that sometimes while we may be told certain things, it doesn't mean it's necessarily true. And if we put our focus on him and we trust him and, and whatever our cares or our worries or our burdens are, and we put them on him and say, I can't do this. He'll take over. And we, and, and it's more just a matter of simple trust it is. And simple rest. It's not like getting all fanatical and, and saying all this crazy crap. It's not an act. It's not an act. It's just it's just like like um Billy Joel, that song is simply a matter of trust. It's only just a matter of trust. Period. So that miracle was preceded a few years ago when I was thinking of myself in a very negative way kind of what we've been talking about yeah. i saw myself as this person i did not want to be and i read a book and i'll share the name of the author and some people like him some people don't you know i don't necessarily agree with everything he says but he's he's you know, he's he's okay guy. I have nothing against him. And that's Joseph Prince. Yeah, I like Joseph Prince and too. So this book I read, he said, look in the mirror every day and look at yourself and say to yourself, I have the I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You gotta tell yourself that. You have to remind. In the mirror. Yourself. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And I started doing that. And um, and I still have to go back to that sometimes. Because we in our humanity, we sometimes just, we kind of like all back because the different challenges that come at us. Walking in this world gets our feet dirty, which is why does. Jesus said, which is why Jesus washed his apostles' feet. And that's why Peter, Peter still, Peter was hard-headed like all of us, right? I'm not making excuses for Peter, but obviously Peter was used specifically to show that he had the zeal and enthusiasm, but he was still unbelieving and arrogant in some areas. And that was when he said, don't just, you can't wash my feet, Jesus. You're too good for that. There he is <laughs> trying to make rules again. Yeah. And then he says, not just my feet, because then he says, you're already clean. But if I don't wash your feet, then you have no place with me. Then he freaks out a bit and goes, well, okay, I don't want to be without you. Well, then let's triple it up. Don't just walk my wash my feet. Wash my hands and my head too. Mm -hmm. So when I read that, I hear the things I think and the things I do. Now, there's, I would think that maybe he lost one more. Wash his tongue because it's his mouth that denied Christ three times. He forgot about his mouth. He remembered his hands and he remembered his head, but he forgot about his mouth. And that's what always got Peter into trouble, like it does for all of us. Yep. No one can tame the tongue, yet it's the tongue that Jesus says will set you free. Yeah, and I, and I like that conversation he had with Peter too, and sheet came down with all the 
animals. The, oh, that, yeah, yeah. The hooved animal. He said, I can't eat. He said, eat. And he says, I can't so, eat. No, he said, tongue. kill and eat. He said, and, kill and, and eat and these animals. Right? And, and God's like, don't call anything unclean that I've made clean. Point is, everything's clean. It's all changed. What you're used to, Peter, has changed. You were used to that. It is no longer that. Everything is clean now, Peter. Everything and Jesus was. And, and but you know they were under those rules, right? right? They they needed elementary. We people need we all. And I'm in this. I'm in this too. I'm not making fun of people thinking I'm better. I need elementary rules sometimes too because I forget. I need to remind myself that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, too. And I do it all the time, also because I forget. And you know what reminds me of my when I of how I forget? My mouth. Yes. My mouth reminds me of it. And then I go, man, what am I thinking? Man, what am I imagining? Because that goes from the mouth to the head to the heart. Yes. What are you imagining about your own life? It's good. Imagination gets us in trouble. That's that where that's where we that's where our thoughts come from. Yep. Imaginations, thoughts, words, and actions. So I want to share a couple things. Speaking of imagination, because religion is all about imagining that we're separated from God. Right. And I hear too many pastors teaching too many people of all ages that when you sin, you're separated. Mm -hmm. And you got to do something to bridge that separation yourself yep so in the book of acts i want to read something to you and this is from the apostle paul to the pagans to pagans not believers yeah i'm fine I, 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 I picked up on that <laughs> I, for the listeners in other words he's not writing to people who believe in him right so it's Acts, starts in Acts 17, verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Oropagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship. I even found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Like or the it, that was in the old covenant. That was there, but no longer. Well, but we still have temples today. We do. We yeah, you're right. You're right. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life breath and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him though he, though he is not far from each one of us. And here's the punchline. Four. In him, we live and move 
and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. So for all those listening, don't let preacher, teacher, religious system, misinterpretation of the Bible, every... every or even an atheist, or even somebody who doesn't believe in an it. Atheist, don't let anyone tell you that you're not worthy. Don't let anyone tell you that you're separated from God. He's closer than your best breath. The Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, said, in him... We live and move and have our being. Religion will tell you, well, you say a special prayer and all of a sudden you're in him or he jumps in you. No, it's the gospel is not transactional. The gospel is a proclamation of the finished work of God in and through Christ. And it's for all people and all nations and all is well. There's only one thing to do, and that's to love. But we have to first start by loving ourselves. So wherever we are in our journey in this life, let's commit to looking in the mirror and reminding ourselves of who we are as children of God, whether we grew up in church or not, whether we said some magic prayer or not, we are children of God. And let us recognize that truth, that he loves us dearly. He's our Papa and we're his kids. He's never going to do anything to harm us. He's only going to do things to help us and restore us to a right understanding of our relationship with him that has been there all along. So as we trust that and keep telling ourselves, I'm all right. I'm all right. I think there was a song. I'm all right. Don't Kenny Loggins, Caddyshack. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, it's all right. oh, the oh. power of the mind, baby. Kenny Logan's Caddyshack. How did I call that up so easily and so fast, man? Three little birds. But yeah, that's no a that, that's a pretty big one. That's pretty big one. Man. I mean, and Bob didn't treat his wife or and he, Bob was pretty messed up. Yeah, Bob was really messed, messed up. up. Even messed up. He wrote a great that's song. what's funky about it, right? That's what's funky about it. So anyway, so yeah, everything's cool. I, you know, I can't kind of finish up. I can't explain it other than to say that i trust hope and believe that it's it's okay and that gives me peace it gives me hope and it gives me the ability to just chill out enjoy this life that we've been given here on this earth and to just try to be kind to other people and share love with other people and enjoy all the gifts that we've been given that that's my purpose that's my goal i try to share it with people i know that for a lot of people who have grown up or have been indoctrinated in certain religious systems that the things i say are very difficult to grasp but regardless of that i believe them to be true and i'm not asking anybody to believe me i ask if you want to search deeper do it yourself listen to him and do your own study yes. and do your own research and he will show it to you. Because it's your life. That's right. It's your life. Yeah. Now there was something I wanted to say. I didn't want to interrupt you, man. But I lost it. 
It was funny too. It was good. It was funny. Uh, it was good. It was good. Man, I liked it. It was. Thank you very much for your time, Keith. I really appreciate it. You want to wrap up? Is that it? You did got it. I'm done. All right, man. We're gonna close it off then. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. And our special guest is Pastor Keith Stanton. And this was predeterminism or predestination, whatever you want to call it. You are loved.